Our share at Hamatol responses for the month of Sivan, Barry and Rina Dubarak, Mary and Rina Dubin, and the Schuss of Rafur Shalema for their niece, Chavit Sipora, Bas Chaim Malka. May she, together with Kol Choli Yisrael, have a complete and enduring Rafur. To thank Shmuli and Liba Dinovitz for dedicating the Shiurim this month in memory of Shmuli's father, Harav Peretz Avram Ben Binyamin Moshe Zichron Levracha. We hope that in the merit of our Talmud Torah, the Shamo Havan Aliyah and the family in Nechama. We thank our week of learning sponsors, Adam and Leslie Rosen, Rosen in the Sosa of Shalema for Esther Bas Sara, and our day of learning sponsor, Mr. Lawrence Sufnis, in commemoration of the yardsite of his beloved brother, Matthew Sufnis, Matal Ben Yosef, Zichron Livracha. We thank all of our sponsors for their incredible generosity. And I will say with that, let us begin with a very, very exciting daf ahead of us today. Today is daf kuf in Meseches Yevamis. So I will say, when we are picking up in Yerat Hashem on Tzadik Tes Ahmed Bey's 99B, and we're picking up at the Tanur Abanon, two, four, six, eight lines up from the bottom. So I will say, if you remember again, in yesterday's Mishnah, we made a transition a little bit. We were focusing on cases of mixed up at birth, right? And focusing on the ramifications of that in terms of Yibum. At the end of yesterday's Mishnah, the last Mishnah on, on Ahmed Aleph, on Tzadik Tess Ahmed Aleph, the Mishnah on Tzadik Tess Ahmed Aleph, we, we focused, we, we shifted our focus a little bit away from Yibum ramifications to Shuma ramifications. Remember again, we had the case ultimately of the Kohenes and the Shifcha who had their children mixed up. We weren't sure whose was whose. And the interesting discussion about truma, specifically again, the whole idea about halacha whether or not ma'alam truma liyuchsin, if you eat truma, is that like your shtempel, right? If you see someone eating truma, do we say that truma consumption validates a person's genealogy? So therefore, if you're eating truma, ultimately again, that shows that you're a kohen. We saw all of those machloksim, rabbi Yossi, rabbi Huda, good. Now, we're continuing on that theme a little bit, and this is really quite interesting. There are 10 people who you do not disperse truma to in the granary. So 10 people, if they show up, so just to understand historically, right? Where, where do you get truma from? Right? So I'm a coin. I want some truma. Where do I go? Where do I go? So the truth is, the ideal answer is, the ideal answer is, Nowhere, right? The ideal answer is people bring it to you, right? That, 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 that's the ideal. That's the, that's the but. That being said, Kohanim would show up at granaries, at threshing floors, in order to go ahead and ask, not demand, but ask for their portion. So the Gemara now is saying is that there are 10 people, if they show up at the granary, we are not giving them their portion. Asari Cholkin of Truma Beis 10 people, if they show up at the granary, we do not go ahead and give them Truma. Who are they? Elohim. The first is a chiresh, deaf mute. Shota, someone who is deranged. Katan, a minor. Now, why is that? So, well, we'll see. We'll see. Actually, we'll go through the list. Next is tumtum va'androgynous. So, we'll say again, we thought we were done with tumtum and androgynous. They're always around. Right? So, we'll say, so tumtum and androgynous. So, remember again, tumtum, the individual again, whose sexual organs are covered up with the membrane. Therefore, I can't tell the gender. Androgynous has the qualities of both male and female. Male and female. Next, Eved. So I will say this goes back to yesterday's daf about a concern of giving out truma to an Eved. I will say, is an Eved entitled to truma? Is an Eved entitled to truma? It depends. What does it depend on? Right, who's his master? Who's his master? Obviously, we're talking about over here an Eved who, who belongs to a coin. An Eved who belongs to a coin is entitled to eat Shuma. Nevertheless, as we saw in yesterday's daf, if he shows up at the granary, we're not giving him Shuma without what? Without what? Without his master, right? Excellent. His master has to be present, right? We'll only give him Shuma in the presence of his master. Next, Isha, a woman. Now, I will say, Rashi says, who's the woman in question? Isha's coin. The wife of a coin. This is fascinating. And again, we're going to go through each of these. That if the wife of a coin shows up at the granary by herself, by herself, even though she's a hundred percent entitled to truma, we do not go ahead and give her truma. Okay, RL. So I will say, what's the RL? Uncircumcised coin. What's what's the case? Look at Rashi. Rashi four lines up from the bottom. RL coin shemesu echav machmas milo. Oh, why is the coin in RL? Why is coin RL? So I will say, this is the case 
of Mesu Echav Machmas Mila. The case of where you have a coin whose brothers died as a result of Bris Mila. See, today we diagnose this as hemophilia, right? So ultimately, again, Cohen brothers, so remember, there's a whole locus. is it two brothers who died, three brothers who died, leaving that aside, the point over here is this Cohen is uncircumcised, but not uncircumcised because he's derelict in the mitzvah of Mila. Uncircumcised, why? Because Dalacha says he has to remain uncircumcised. Now, the interesting part over here is that even though the Torah says, right, he can't have a Mila, can't have a Mila, and Ones Rachmona Patre, Normally, extenuating circumstances, you're exempt from a mitzvah. So while it's true that he does not have an obligation to do a milah, he is nevertheless considered what? An RL. This is interesting. Why, so why is he considered an RL? Because RL is a physical state, right? If, if you have the RL, if a person has the foreskin, even if you have good reasons that it hasn't been removed, lemaisa, again, a person is an RL. A coin who's an RL can't eat truma. Okay, next, Tame, straightforward. Koinus Tame. Koinus Tame. Venose Isha Shainel Genaslo. Or a coin who's married to a woman who is not allowed to be married to. Koin's married to, to, uh, to a Grusha, right? He's, 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 married, he's married to a divorcee. Not allowed to be married to a divorcee, but he is. Therefore, again, we don't give him truma. So we'll say this is the list. This is the list. I'm sorry. This is the list. Good. So you must listen to this. The Kulon, Meshagrin Lem Lebateim. Now, I will say, here's what's interesting. See, the people on this list, interestingly enough, are technically entitled to Yitruma, some of them. Some of them. So there are those of them who, although we will not distribute Truma to them at the granary, we will send them their Truma home. So we won't, in other words, I will say, what's happening over here is, we won't allow them to collect in public. In public but we will go ahead and send them their truma portion to their home. Chutz, it's like, uh, you know, like truma Uber Eats. You know, we'll go ahead, right? We'll send it, we'll send it to their house. We'll send it to their house. Chutz mitame, except for the coin who's tame. Venose isha sheina hogeneslo. With the exception of two, and again, we'll see why. With the exception of a coin who's tame, with him, we're not even going to send him truma to his house or a Kohen who's married to a woman who he's not allowed to be married to. In both of these cases, we're not only are we not dispensing to them truma from the greenery, we're not sending it to their home as well. So we'll say, let's go through the list. Very, exci- very exciting, Gibara. So here we go. So Bishlama lav So I understand why we're not dispensing or dispersing, it's probably better, yeah, giving, giving truma to the kacheri shotevekaton, right from the greenery, from the threshing floor. Why? Because you're not b'nei deya. They don't have das. They're about to say, so what? Look at Rashi. Last Rashi on that. Flabene Dian, you know, the Zelusa de Truma, Lechalik Lahem Begorin Lain Kol. See, Rabbi said, here's what's interesting. Is there any wrong, anything wrong with a coin who doesn't have das eating Truma? Technically speaking, no. What's the problem? Truma, Truma must be treated with sanctity, and Truma must be, must be treated with respect. So the notion of giving something sacred to someone who does not have the das to care for it in a public fashion, in a public fashion, is considered to be a degradation to the truma. See, I say, if you have something holy, part of, part of having it is knowing how to take care of it. It's a good muster with the neshama as well. Kaddish Baruch Hu entrusted us with the neshama, and he entrusted it to us because he, we have the das to be able to take care of it. So if truma, is, if truma is sacred, the idea of going ahead and giving truma to people who don't have das, and therefore don't know how to properly care for it, is considered to be demeaning to the truma. That's why, again, see, I say, now you understand. So, shcheri shot of a cotton, we're not going to give them true in public. What will we do? What will we do? We'll send it home, right? We'll send it home to them, but Lamaise again won't give it to them in public. Good. So it says the Gemara, Tumtum Androgynous Namis. What's wrong with Tumtum Androgynous? Tap of Kof, Beria Bifne Asmuninu. So I will say, Tumtum and Androgynous, as we've seen, are ultimately beings unto themselves. Therefore, Rashi says, Tap of Kof, Havya Zelusa Dikachin. It's considered to be a degradation to Kachim to give out Truma to a Tumtum and Androgynous. Okay. Eved Nami. Why can't you give Truma to an Eved in the threshing floor? Dilma Asila Asuke with Truma Yesterday's daf. 
What are we concerned about? If people see the Eved eating truma, see Abba saying, people don't necessarily know who an Eved is, who a Ben Choren is. If people see an Eved eating truma, they could go ahead and make the assumption that what? This is a free man, not only a free man, but obviously he's eating truma, therefore what? He's a coin and establishes yichos based on truma consumption, which obviously could be incredibly dangerous. Good. So the asuki mitruma liyochsen. Next, RL vitame. What's wrong with an RL? Someone who's tame. Mishum dema isi. Now we'll say isi literally means they're disgusting. Now what what that what that just means is that there's physically something different about them. So we'll say the common denominator amongst all of these things is aside from the eved. So far, if you kind of take a look at cheresh, shota, cotton, tumtum, androgynous, tame, and RL. It's all because giving to these people, well, again, an RL is not allowed to eat, Tommy is not allowed to eat, but they have other household members who can. But the said to give to them, to give to them ultimately is demeaning to Truma itself. Demeaning to Truma itself. Eved can't give to the Eved. Out of concern, if you give to him, it's going to be used to establish his yichos. Next, no se ishashena hogeneslo. What about a coin who's married to a woman who is not allowed to be married to? So mishum kinasa. That's a penalty. That's a penalty, which makes sense. Now, as Rabbi say, if, if a Kohen is married to a Grusha, we as a community have a vested interest in what? In what? The dissolution of that marriage. What's the best way to turn the screws and ensure the dissolution of the marriage? Financially penalize him. So if you don't give him truma, if you don't give him truma, that, that, may, be, that may be a way to, uh, to, to, to force his hand. Next, Eliisha, my time alone. Rabbi say, so everything on this list makes sense, but why not an Isha? So right, Isha's coin, the wife of a coin, shows up at the granary. Why can't we give her truma? So I'll say this is really fascinating. So the Yomar says, So there's a machlokas. What's the machlokas? Fascinating. One said because of divorce, and one said because of yichud. I'll say, let's analyze. What does it mean, Grusha? See, I say, look at Rashi, Mishum Grusha. Shema Yigar Shema Baila, Vihizara, Velo Yadi Inchi, Upalgi, Upalgila. What are we concerned about? See, Rabbi say, when is an Aisha's coin entitled to Truma? When is she entitled to Truma? When she's married. What's the concern? If we get used to going ahead and giving her Truma, even in the event of divorce, she may continue to show up. And ultimately, what? Continue to clean truma. And that's, of course, a concern. So that's one opinion. Other opinion says, Yichud. See, I say normally, or I don't know normally, sometimes threshing floors were a little bit more out, you know, in isolated areas. What's the concern? The concern is that if the Isha's coin comes to collect truma, she can get into a Yichud situation. Remember, again, Yichud refers to the prohibition, ultimately, of a man to be alone with a woman. It applies to any woman who is an erva to you. So again, this is the machlokis. So therefore, one says because of grusha, one says because of yichud. To which the Gemara says, okay, my benayu. So both say, okay, so, so sometimes they both say, here's what we know. Everyone agrees that you do not dispense truma to an Aisha's Kohen. Right? She has to come with her husband. Aisha's Kohen. So what's the nafkamina? It's not between these two approaches. Interesting of Ikabenayu, ki be dari de mikrav lemasa, velo shrihi buhu inshi. So I will say, one of community could be a threshing floor that is close to the city, but people don't frequent it. So if it's close to the city, then what? We assume the proprietor of that threshing floor knows this woman, and therefore will know if she's divorced or not, since it's close to the city. But because people don't frequent it, there's still a problem of what? Avichod. Avichod, the Gemara says, Inami, the Merchok, Ushrich Bolenshi. The other possibility is the threshing floor that's far away from the city. So if it's far away from the city, the proprietor is not necessarily informed of the latest news. See, he's not going to know who's married, who's single. So therefore, Alt Grusha, there's still a concern. But in terms of Yichod, because there's a lot of people there, there's no concern. Okay, that's the Afkamina. But I will say, but again, see, here's what's interesting is, is at the end of the day, they're not disagreeing on the bottom line, which is that we don't go ahead and dispense truma to an Aisha's coin when she is by herself. Good. But yeah, we'll say we go on. 
as much as this is a list of women for whom we do not go ahead and, I'm sorry, not a list of women, a list of people, that if they show up at the threshing floor, we are not going to give them truma, okay? But so we go ahead and we'll send truma to their homes with the exception of tame and no se isha sheno genislo. Right? Someone who's tame and a coin who's married to a woman he's not allowed to be married to. Now here's what's interesting. Aval Arel Mishagrinle. See, I'm say here's what's interesting. So I'm not going to send Truma to the home of someone who's Tame. To the home of someone who's Tame, but I will send Truma to the home of an Arel. And I'm say, just so you understand, pretty much Arel and Tame are what? They're kind of in the same boat. In other words, both of them represent physical disqualifications which preclude a Kohen from going ahead and eating Truma. Yet, Halacha Lameisa, one will do home delivery of truma. The other, we won't do home delivery of truma. What's the pshat? So I'll say, listen to this. This is incredible. Aval aral meshagrinle. But aral, we will send truma. Why? My taima. Mishum da'anis. Because I'll say in aral, remember again, I'll say, let's go back. What's the case of aral? What's the case of aral? Mesu echav machmas mila. This isn't a coin Chasron doesn't care about the mitzvah of Mila, but rather, again, this is a coin whose brothers died as a result of Mila. So it's an ones. He can't have a bris, but he's an ones in many circumstances. Therefore, we'll send him home truma. I says the Gemara, Tame name ha'anis. But one second, Tame is also extenuating circumstances. Also, how do you become Tame? Okay, it's true. You can become Tame intentionally, but you can also become Tame. Chasron, somebody died right in front of you. Right, it just happened. Or you stumbled upon a grave. Right, and you didn't even realize it. So I'll say, so Tame is also honest. You'll both say, this is incredible. Hi, nafish onsei, vahailo nafish onsei. So I'll say, listen to this. This guy, the RL, nafish onsei means there's a lot of ones. The Tame, there's not a lot of ones. I will say, what does that mean? In the case of RL, the RL case, I'll say, represents a situation that is absolutely, unequivocally, and totally beyond your control. Right, in other words, the, the, coin, the uncircumcised coin, I will say, this has nothing to do with his level of vigilance or lack thereof. Lemaisa, again, this is a circumstance that has been visited upon him. Versus the case of Tuma, as much as maybe at the end of the day, something happened that you were not anticipating, but the circumstances are not fully and totally beyond your control. Right, Lamai, so you make the choice to go to the Levi, not go to the Leviah. You make the choice to be in proximity of someone, not be in proximity of someone. So it's still an ones. So, so I will say, so isn't this fascinating? So the type of coin for whom we'll send home Truma is a coin who is a victim of an absolutely, totally and unequivocally avoid, unavoidable circumstance. That's an ones. That's an ones. But a Kohen who's, again, yeah, he became Tameh because of a result of circumstances that he did not plan for, but was not totally avoidable. Therefore, we're not sending Truma home for him. I will say, by the way, what a profound Musar Haska, what a profound lesson for us as well. In life, things happen. Things happen. And I will say, while it's true that there's a big category of things that you did not anticipate, did not plan for, or beyond your control, these really two different sets of circumstances. There are things that you manage do not control. Circumstances that are visited upon you that have nothing to do with the choices you have made. They've been foisted upon you. We'll say those type of circumstances, you get a pass. You get a, when I say you get a pass, you have to navigate them. But Lamai said, there's no, there's no culpability for that. But we'll say, if we think about it, if we're honest with ourselves in life, in life if, we're with, if we're honest with ourselves in life, many times we find ourselves in compromised circumstances, but if we're honest, we allowed ourselves to get there. Maybe I didn't put myself there, right? And maybe I did not actively choose this, but Lamaisa, I made a whole bunch of smaller decisions that allowed me to come to this place. For that, you can't claim ones. For that, I have to own it. For that, I have to recognize that my decisions led me to this particular circumstance. And I have to own that fact. I can't claim ones rachmanapatri. I can't claim ones because it's not full ones. I made the decisions that got me here. And I both say it's so important because so often in life we encounter circumstances and we like to play the ones card. Right? Not my fault. Not my fault. You're right. Technically, it's not your fault. This particular situation right now is not your fault. 
But how did I get here? How did I get here? And even though this last kind of event is not my fault, I allowed myself to be in the set of circumstances that then allowed this last event to occur, even though I did not do it. And it's so important to live life with that heightened sense of awareness and vigilance. There's ones, nafish ones. You could be an RL, you could be a Tame. RL are those circumstances totally beyond your control. You get a pass for those. Tame are those circumstances, maybe some element beyond your control, but I have to be honest and ask myself, what did I do? to contribute to this set of circumstances. Let's go back to turn Rabbanon. So the Braise says, Evan and Isha, we do not give them truma in the granary. Here's what's strange. But in a place where we give, we give a woman first. So I'll say that's inherently contradictory. You just said we don't give an Evan and an Isha, an Isha's coin. Truma, right? But wherever you do give them, you give the woman first. So the Gemara says, my kamor, what does that mean? Haki kamar, no, no, no. B'makom shecholkin maiser ani. Not talking about truma. Not talking about truma. So I'm sorry. The first part is about truma. So I will say, so the Bryce says two things. Number one, we don't give truma to a woman. Okay, Isha's coin, we've established. But with maiser ani, maiser ani, which is a tithe for the poor, we do give to a woman. And not only that, if a woman shows up, if a woman shows up, right, with a man, an unrelated man, we go ahead and we give my ani to the woman first. My time, what's the reason? Mishum zilusa. Because ultimately, again, I will say, because halacha lamaisa, it's not nice for a woman to have to wait. And I will say it's a little thing that also is very often lost in contemporary society, which is called chivalry. Right? Let women go first. <laughs> I once had this, by the way. I got, I got such a mishaberach from someone one time. Not the good kind of mishaberach, right? By, by Mechiras Chametz. By Mechiras Chametz. So there was a group of men waiting to sell their Chametz. And a woman walked in. And a woman walked in. And I, I said to him, and I said, you know what? It's okay. Nobody minds. Nobody minds if you go and you come first. Took a verse from Mechiras Chametz. A few moments later, a guy comes in afterwards. He says, nobody minds. I mind. I mind. I mind. I don't understand. We live in an age. Men, women, equal. Why, why are you taking her first? Why are you taking her first? So what I wanted to say was, how's your marriage? Right? How's, how's, how, are, how, are, how are things at home? How are things at home? Right? Because, and what was Yechinuch like? Right? That, that no one ever taught you? Just, just a basic additional Darach Eretz. Right? It's Roman that you, especially here, you're sitting in a shul. It's a whole bunch of men. A whole bunch of men. There's one woman coming it's just interesting. So just, just, just to point out, again, so the Gemara says, the Gemara says, take the woman first, right? So a woman shows up for Maisarani, go ahead and give her the Maisarani. But Malcolm Shecholk in Maisarani, no Sunishitrila. My Taima, Mishum Zilusa. Because why should a woman have to wait with a whole group of men? Go ahead and take her first. So Bosa is incredible. Amar Rabba Rabba said, Meresha, Kihava, Asu, Gavra, Ve'isoladina, Kamai. Let's listen to this. So Rabbi said, you know, in the beginning, so Rabbi said in his, in his Beisdin, in my Beisdin, so when a man or a woman would come for a Din Torah, so we'll say, the, in other words, a woman was coming with her Din Torah, right, her legal case, and a man was coming with his legal case. So Rabbi said, Havisharina Tigre de Gavra I always used to take the case of the man first. Why? Rabbi said, this is fascinating. Why? Because I said to myself, Amina de Mechayi because I figured a man should take precedence. Why should a man take precedence over a woman? Because a man is chayiv in more mitzvahs than a woman is. <laughs> Makes sense, right? A man has, right? A man has greater level of ab- halachic obligation than a woman does. Right? A woman is exempt from mitzvahs. So Rabbi said, therefore, I would always assume that I should adjudicate the man first out of deference to the fact that he has more, that he has more mitzvahs than a woman. So the Gemara says, however, kevin de shaman sharina tigr de isabresha. But once I heard this halacha, once I heard this halacha, I always take women first in the Beisdin. My taima mishum zilusa. Ultimately, again, what's the reason? So that it shouldn't be, it shouldn't be a, a difficult, it shouldn't be a degradation for the woman to have to wait, to have to wait for a din Torah. Let's say quite fascinating. Good, let's go back there. Higdila taruva. So we'll say, remember again, let's go back to the Mishnah. So back to the Mishnah's case of the Kohanes and the Shifcha who had boys. Well, boys, and what happened? We're not sure whose baby is who. 
So they, right, so the children grow up, children grow up. So remember again, the Mishnah then said, Higdilu, Higdila Taruvos, Vishikaru Zeza. When the boys grew up, the boys grew up and they emancipated, they emancipated each other. So I will say, the way the Mishnah is worded is, it makes it sound like if they want to emancipate one another, they can. Shikhrulu, iboy in, ilo boilo. So we'll say, it sounds like if they want to emancipate one another, they can. Vamai. So we'll say, how could emancipation even be, even if, if it has to be mandatory? Why? Lisa shivcha in yachol, baskarin in yachol. So we'll say, because if they don't emancipate each other, then what? Then what? These boys are stuck. Why are they stuck? Because they're each a suffolk kohen, suffolk eved. So they can't marry. They can't marry. There's no one for them to marry. So the Gemara says, Amarava ema kofin says, no, read it as we force them to emancipate each other. They have to, in other words, they have to emancipate each other because that, that mutual emancipation is the only way that they have the ability to get married. Beautiful. No So remember again, not only that, but even once they emancipate each other, remember again, say now. There's still a suffix. What's the suffix? Now they've emancipated each other. What's the suffix? What's the suffix? Kohen Yisrael. So good news, right? At least now it's no longer a, it's no longer a suffix of Kohen Eved. It's Kohen Yisrael, but it's still a suffix. And therefore, halacha lamaisa, what do we do? We put upon them the chumras of the kahuna. So it says, Digimara, lamaihilchasa. So we'll say, what does it mean? practically that we put upon them the chumras of the kahuna. So I will say, so remember again, I just want to point out, the Gemara is actually drawing our attention to the last line of the Mishnah. Because if you notice, by the way, the Mishnah went through, or what does it mean to be a chumras? We know what it means to have the chumras of a coin. You can't become tummy, right? But at the same time, you don't go ahead and get sacrificial offerings, right? But yet the Mishnah felt compelled at the end. If you look at the last line of the Mishnah, on 99B on Sadiq Testimonies, the Mishnah said, V'noslin alav, we put upon them the stringencies of the Kohen and the stringencies of a Yisrael. That line seems to be extraneous and unnecessary. So why do you need it? So this is, this is fascinating. So obviously the Mishnah is coming to teach us something additional. So let's look how riveting this is. So Wow. Listen to this. The last time the Mishnah is teaching me what do you do with the mincha of this particular person? This Suffolk coin, Suffolk Israel. They will say very quickly, right? Hilchos mincha 101. If the Israel offers up a mincha, what happens? What happens? Remember again, coin takes a kamitza, middle three fingers, right? Middle three fingers, scoops up the flour. That's offered up on the Mizbeach. What happens to the rest of the mincha? Eaten by the Kohanim. What happens if a coin offers up a mincha? totally burnt on the Mizbeach. So watch how fascinating this is. So what happens now, this guy, guy, who's our guy? Suffolk, Suffolk guy. Now he's a Suffolk coin, Suffolk Yisrael. He shows up to the Mikdash, he wants to offer up a carbon Mincha. So what is that? Is that a Minchas coin or a Minchas Yisrael? I says the Gemara, that's when the Mishnah means when it says, no slin, I love Chumrei Khan and the Chumrei Yisrael. Watch this, so interesting. What do we do with the mincha of this guy? Watch this. Yisrael. So we'll go ahead and we'll take a kamitza from it like it's a regular minchas Yisrael. So we'll take a mincha. But but you can't eat it. So what we'll do is we'll take the kamitza in case ultimately, again, he's really Yisrael. But we won't eat, we won't have the kohanim eat the rest of the mincha in case what? He's a coin. He's a coin. Okay, so I will say something where it says, So, how, what do you do with it? So, watch this. So, I will say, What do you do? You offer up the kamitza and then by itself, and then after you offer up the kamitza, you'll burn the rest of the mincha on the mizbeach as well. Beautiful, beautiful. That way, it's the chumrah of a kohen, chumrah of Israel. Mara says, One second, you can't do that. Ikri khan, kol shemi ishim. But I say there's a halachan karbanas. What's halachan karbanas? That in a karban, if there's a particular part that has to be offered up on the mizbeach, you're not allowed to burn any additional parts. So once you're going ahead and offering up a kamitza, right, the, the three fingers breadth, you're not allowed to burn the rest of that mincha. So how is this a suitable solution? Rebbe say this is fascinating. What are you doing? 
when we say say so again, in general, what that means is like this. If you're going to treat, if you're going to go ahead and take a kamitsa from this, from this mincha, and you're going to burn that kamitsa, the burning of the kamitsa precludes you from burning the rest of the mincha as a mincha. But what can you do? You could burn the rest of the, rest of the mincha as what? As eitzim, as wood, as wood. So I'm not burning the rest of the mincha as a kabbah mincha. I'm burning the rest of the mincha as eitzim, as wood. And I both say what that allows me to do is cover all of my bases. Rabbi Eliezer, Rabbi Eliezer, sorry, Desanya, Rabbi Eliezer, Omer, L'reyach nichoach yata ma'ala, aval ata ma'ala l'shum eitzim. You can't offer up. In other words, so once you have a carbon that has a defined part that needs to be offered on the Mizbeach, you can't just offer up other additional pieces on the Mizbeach. But what you can do is if you need to burn other pieces for some reason, like in this particular case, you could offer it up as eitzim, as wood. So I will say, what the Gemara is suggesting over here is that halacha la when this Safek Kohen, Safek Yisrael shows up, in the base of Mikdash. And he wants to offer up a cup of mincha. So again, because we don't know, is he Yisrael and therefore Kamitza and the rest of it is eaten by a Kohen? Or is he a Kohen? It's all burnt on the Mizbeach. So what are we going to do? We're going to leverage our risk. We're going to offer up the mincha. We're going to offer up the Kamitza, burn that on the Mizbeach, and then we're going to burn the rest of the mincha as well. But you can't burn the rest of the mincha as a mincha because once you've burned the Kamitza, you can't burn the rest. So what do we do? We'll burn the rest of the mizbeach. We'll burn the rest of the mincha on the mizbeach, but not as a mincha. As what? As what? Eitzim wood. To which the gemara says, "Okay, hani chalar That works according to Rabbi but al rabbanon Michael Meimar. But according to the rabbanon, what would they say in this case? Da'avid lay Rabbi Lazar, Rabbi Shimon. They would conduct themselves like Rabbi Lazar, Rabbi Shimon. What Rabbi Lazar, Rabbi Shimon say? The Sanya, Rabbi Lazar, Rabbi Shimon. Omer hakomei iskar of the atzmo vahashirayim mispazrin abes hadashan. So I will say, there's another opinion over here. You see, the Rabbanon disagree. They hold that halacha lamaisa, you are not allowed to, we are not allowed to burn the leftover part of a carbon as eitzim, as wood. So what would they do with the leftover part of this mincha? So ultimately, again, they would hold that it could be scattered on the base hadashan. So I will say, the base hadashan is the ash pile. Is the ash pile? So I will say, but even the Rabbana only argue on Rabbi Lazar, Rabbi Shimon, on the minchas chotev a kohen, because that has to be fully offered. However, aval hacha, Rabbi say, in this case over here, we're talking about a mincha that is brought by a safek kohen, safek Israel, afilu Rabbanon modu. Ultimately, again. Even the Rabbanon would agree that Allah can be spread out on the base Hadashan. So, so bottom line, Allah Halamaisa, what the Gemara is saying is like this, is that in this case of Safek Koin Safek Yisrael, when the Mishnah ends off and says, V'nosnin alav chumrei kohanim v'chumrei Yisraelim, we, we put upon him the chumras of a coin chumras of the Yisrael. So Rabbi say, even though that line seems redundant, it's not redundant. It's coming to address a very specific issue, which is, bless you, which is the issue of Mincha. So when this guy shows up in the Mikdash and we wants to offer up a carbon mincha, so remember again, we don't know what to do with his mincha. It's if he's a Yisrael, you offer up a Kometz and the Kohanim eat the rest. If he's a Kohen, you totally burn it. So what do we do with this guy? What do we do with this guy? We're going to offer up his Kometz and then we're going to burn the rest of the mincha as well. How are you going to burn the rest of the mincha? So that's the Machlokis. Either you're going to burn it on the Mizbeach, L'Shum Eitzim, or you're going to scatter it on the ash pile. Either way, you're going to find a way to go ahead and burn the rest of the mincha. Beautiful. Let's go back to Mishnah. Very interesting case. So let's say now what happened. A woman, a woman, her husband died. Her husband died. Or divorced. Whatever the situation is. Right, so we'll say, or Yibum, for that matter, again, but she didn't wait three months. See, normally we'll say what we've established is you need to wait a minimum of three months in between marriages. Why? Why? In, if, because this way, if she becomes pregnant immediately, we need to know, is it a seventh-month baby for husband number one or a nine-month baby for husband number two? So let's say now here the situation, I'll say, is the woman did not wait. She didn't wait. So we'll say, so I have a situation. She didn't wait. She didn't wait. She gives birth seven months after her second marriage. So now we don't know, is this a nine-month baby for husband number one 
or a seventh month baby for husband number two. Okay, now we'll say what happens. In addition to this, this woman in question also has additional children from husband number one and husband number two. So we'll say, just to frame this for just a moment. Rachel was married to, Rachel was married to Ruvain. What happened over here? What happened? Ruvain died. Ruvain died. Rachel had kids with Ruvain. She had, she had, she had, she had two kids with Ruvain. Okay, now she marries Shimon, but she marries Shimon just a couple of weeks. They met at Levaya, you know, chemistry. Chemistry is chemistry. Right, so we'll say, so, so, so again, right, so what happens? She marries Shimon, she marries Shimon, and now what happens? She has a kid with Shimon, right? Seven months, well, I should say, after marrying Shimon, seven months later, she has a son. So now I will say, we don't know, is that son, right? Is that son, who, who is that, right? Who is that? Now I will say, Nana, in addition to that, she has more kids with Shimon. So I'm about to say now, so Rachel, Rachel has two kids with Ruvain, two kids with Shimon. When I say two kids, two kids who are definitively Ruvains, two kids who are definitively Shimon's. There's this other kid, right? The, the typical middle child syndrome, right? So this, this, this is amplified middle child syndrome over here, right? We're not even sure I'm about to say, is it Ruvain's kid, is it Shimon's kid? So I'm about to say, so now what happens? So now you know, you know, you know where this case is going. So I'm about to say, so how you love So I'm say, so now let's say again, let's say I will say, so now what happens? So now let's say, we'll, we'll call him, we'll, call, we'll just call this middle child. Middle child's brothers die, or a brother dies. A brother dies. Now both say, it doesn't really matter which brother, right? Whether it's whether it's brothers, half brothers from Ruvain or half brothers from Shimon. Either way, Rabbi say, what, what is middle child going to do? What is middle child going to do? So the halacha is miyabmin. Ultimately, again, halacha lemaisa. They're going to, only Yibam and Chalitza. V'chein, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Only Chalitza and not Yibam. V'chein hulahem cholitz v'lo miyadim. So I will say, whoever's dying in this situation, whether it's the brothers from Ruben, the brothers from Shimon, or the middle son himself, the middle son himself, because we don't know definitively who, who's related to who from a paternal perspective. Again, it's a suffix, and therefore all you could do ultimately is Chalitza in these cases. I'm a days. What happens if right? He has brothers, right? So I'll say we'll see this case in this schema. Look at Rashi over here. So we'll say, let's see, he has brothers ultimately again from the first one, not the same mother. So ultimately, again, if he's the one who dies, then they do Chalitza or Yibum. But ultimately, again, he, right, if one of the brothers died, he does, he does Chalitza and Yibum. One could do Chalitza, one could do Yibum. If one of them ultimately, again, was Yisra, one of them was a Kohen, no se Isha Ruyila Kohen. Ultimately, again, can marry a woman who is fit to the kuna. Can't become Tamil Mason. Because I will say this would be the case. Remember again, I'm sorry, let's go back for just a second. I will say refers to the fact, going back to our original case. Rachel was married to Ruvain, got divorced or whatever. Ruvain died. Ruvain died. She got married very quickly after it was less than three months to Shimon. Now they have a son. Is it a seven-month baby to Shimon or is it a nine-month baby to Ruvain? So I will say, so again, we went to what let's say Ruvain was a coin and Shimon was not. Shimon was not. So what do I do in this case? So I will say, so therefore the child, the Suffolk child, is going to have to marry a woman who is fit for a coin. But if he does become Tame, he doesn't get Malka. So we'll say this is exactly what we saw before. Because we'll remember again in this case, in this case, remember one more time. Rachel was married to Ruven. Ruven was a coin. Ruven dies. Three weeks later, she gets married to Shimon. Or let's say even a month later, she gets married to Shimon. Two months later, she gets married to Shimon. Right? Shimon's not a Kohen. Seventh month later, she has a baby. What's our suffix? What's our suffix? Is this kid? Is this kid? We'll call him just Yehuda. Right? Is Yehuda Ruven's son or Shimon's son? Now we've just upped the ante. So beforehand, we were speaking about, again, in terms of Yibom. Yibom and Chalitza. Now we've upped the ante again. Ruven was a Kohen, Shimon was not. So what's the Shailah? What's the Shailah? 
is Yehuda Cohen. So we've already established in this case, Yehuda is a Safek Cohen. We're going to have to give him all the Chumras of a Cohen and the Chumras of Israel. Therefore, he has to marry a woman who's fit for the Kuna. When Yehuda grows up, he can't marry a Grusha. He has to marry a woman who's fit for the Kuna. Not only that, he can't become Tamei. Tommy the mace can't go to Levaya. But if he does become Tommy, even intentionally, we can't give him Malchus. Why can't we give him Malchus? Why not? Maybe he's Yisrael. Right? He can't eat Truma, because maybe he's a maybe he's not. If he does eat Truma, we can't penalize him. See, normally if the Yisrael eats Truma, what's that? Lacha? He has to pay principal plus a penalty fifth. He can't impose this upon this kid. Why not? Why not? He may not be a going. And ultimately, again, if he shows up at the granary, we don't give him a portion. We'll say first, why line kuf on the base? Umocher ha-truma v'adam This is fascinating. What could Yehuda, right? When Yehuda separates out truma, so we'll say he can't eat his own truma, right? He can't eat truma. What can he do? He could sell it. And what could he do with the money? He could keep it. Now we'll say, why could he keep it? I, another coin goes over to him and says, hey, Yehuda, you're not a real coin. Yehuda, Yehuda says, Yehuda says, prove it. Prove it. You want to extract Truma money from me? No problem. Prove that I'm not a coin. Good. But I will say he obviously does not get a portion of sacrificial meat, right? Or hides. He doesn't get any kachim, right? Again, that refers to the hides or anything else. We'll say it goes back to yesterday's Mishnah. If Yehuda shows up at the base Hamikdash and wants to offer up a karban, as much as we, are, we can't allow him to offer it up, he can choose who offers it up. In other words, the, the Kohanim who are, who are on shift, right, don't have the right to claim the right to offer it. He has the right to designate whichever coin he wants. Upater he does not have to give the jaw, the foreleg, and the stomach. Those are, those are Kohanic portions. He can keep them for himself. And I will say, if he has a Bechor animal, so normally Bechor Behemoth goes to the Kohen. So this kid Yehuda, he can go ahead and keep his Bechor animal. Now he can't eat it because he's a Safek Kohen, but he can allow it to graze until it develops a mum. And after it develops a mum, he can go ahead and he can go ahead and, and keep it. We're going to give him the Chumras of a Kohen Chumras of Yisrael. So we'll say, okay, good, next case. So we'll say now, next case is back, back for a second. Reuven and Shimon are both Kohanim. Rachel married Shimon, right? Two months after the death of Reuven, now there's a baby. Is the baby Yehuda, is, is baby Yehuda a nine-month baby of Reuven or a seventh-month baby of Shimon? Now in this case, Shabbosai, both Reuven and Shimon are Kohanim. So therefore in this case, what's Yehuda's status? What's Yehuda's status? He's a Kohanim. Well, actually, we'll see. Kohanim who onin onin love. So we'll say now, again, in this case, Yehuda will observe Aninos for both fathers, for both Reuven and Shimon, and they are an onin on him. So I will say, remember again, if you're a Kohen, the status of Aninos precludes you from eating anything that's Kodesh. So they will observe Aninos for him. He will observe Aninos for them. Who ain't no So I will say, but here's what's interesting. He can Yehuda can't become Tamei for the Reuven or Shimon. Why? Why not? Why not? He doesn't know who his father is. Right? It's a suffix. They cannot become Tamei for him. Why not? Why not? Because at the end of the day, halacha lemaisa. Right? They, they, so I will say. By the way, I know I framed this as a case where Reuven died where Reuven died already. So again, we're going to see this doesn't have to be a case of where Reuven died. It could also be a case of where right, Reuven divorced Rachel. We'll see. The point over here is, there's a suffix in this case, both of the fathers, potential fathers, both Reuven and Shimon are both Kohanim. So in this case, there is no Kahuna doubt about Yehuda, right? Yehuda is a Kohen. We're just not sure who his father is. So therefore, I will say again, who he can't become Tami for them because Lamaisa again, he's not sure which one of his is his father. And ultimately, again, they cannot become Tami for him because neither of them knows definitively which one is his father. Who Yoresh Osam? He does not inherit either of them because Lamaisa is not sure which is his father. Yarshim Oso. But I will say, interestingly enough, they, Reuven and Shimon, 
inherit Yehuda. Now, what does it mean when they inherit Yehuda? Let's say, let's say Yehuda dies without children, right? So what's Talacha? So we'll say if a son dies without children, who inherits the son? The father. Now, in this case, again, we don't know who the father is. So what will happen with the Yerusha? Reuven and Shimon will split it. They'll split it. Upatra amakaso va'akilalaso shalzeh v'shalzeh. So say, interestingly enough, if Reuven, oh sorry, if Yehuda were to go ahead and hit Reuven or Shimon, remember again that Allah is normally one is chayir for striking or for cursing their father. In this case, Reuven would be Potter. Why would Reuven be Potter? Why, oh, sorry, not Reuven, Yehuda. Why would Yehuda be Potter? Why? He doesn't know who his father is. doesn't know who his father is. Okay, Ola b'mishmaro shalzeh v'shalzeh. So we'll say, interestingly enough, right, interestingly enough, now remember, in this case, Yehuda is definitely a Kohen. So I'll say, what's the Shailah? Who's Mishmar? Right? Who's grouping does he belong to? Does he belong to Ruvain's Mishmar, Shimon's Mishmar? And the answer is, yes. He belongs to both Mishmoros. However, the Enocholik. Then I'll say, here's what's interesting. So he can serve in the Mikdash with the Mishmar of either Ruvain or Shimon or both of them. But what can't he get? He can't get a portion of the hide or of the meat with either of those respective Mishmoros. Why not? Because the other members of the Mishmar could say to Yehuda, prove to us that you're really a member of this Mishmar. There's an interesting piece over here. If it happened to be that Reuven and Shimon were both, not only both Kohanim, but both what? Both part of the same Mishmar, then in that case, Yehuda not only goes ahead and could worship or, or could participate in the same Mishmar, but could also demand Kohanic portions as part of that Mishmar. That must have been an awkward week for Yehuda, right? But, but, but Lamaisa, again, but Lamaisa, it works from a sacrificial portion perspective. Good. Says the Gemara, so we'll say, going back to the case of Ibn Chalisa, Tafka Michlatz Vahadur Yibumi, Ava Yibumi so remember again, in general, in any of these cases of doubt, whenever the Mishnah prescribes the idea of Chalitza and then Yibum, the order is always specific. In any of these cases of doubt, Chalitza always has to happen first. Yibum could only happen at the end because if you go ahead and you start with Yibum, it could very well be that you're marrying a woman who really is subject to Yibum and you're not the Yibum. Good. Amr Shlobos, an interesting case. Asara Kohanim Omdim Upirish Echamanu Baal Havlad Shtuki. So we'll say, watch this case. You have a group of 10 Kohanim. Group of 10 Kohanim. One of them leaves the group and impregnates a woman. Impregnates a woman. So we'll say, now the woman has a child. The Gemara says, that baby is a Shtuki. And I will say, remember again, what's a Shtuki? A Shtuki is a baby whose paternity is unknown. Right? It's, a, it's the baby who talks about, whenever he talks about his father, his mother says, Shh, right? His mother silences him. So therefore, the baby's a shtuki. So the Gemara says, okay, let's analyze this. My shtuki, so if you say it's a case where halacha we don't allow the child, the child has no entitlement to the property of a father, that's obvious. Pshita, miya dinan Remember again, the case is where I know the father is one of this group of 10, but what, but what? We don't know who. So obviously, the kid has no entitlement to any property, to any inheritance, because let me say we don't know who his father is. What does it mean when we say he's a shtuki? Wow. Right? I will say what shtuki means over here is we silence him in that the child is not a Kohen. Not a Kohen. My time, I will say this is fascinating. My time, Amakra, Vahai Salolu Zarakharov. So I will say, because the Pasik we're talking about, the Kohuna says, Vahai Salo, it'll be to Aaron, Ulizaro Acharov. And to his offspring after him, Ba'inon Zaro Miyuchas Acharov. See, Rabbi to be a coin, it's not simply enough to know that your father is going. What do you? What do you have to know? What do you have to know? You have to know who your father is. You have to know. So I'll say it's a fascinating drush in the pasuk. Zaro Acharov means I know who my father is. Once I know who my father is, then what? I could be a coin. So it's fascinating. So it's not enough to know that in general. Your father was a Kohen, but rather what? You must know specifically who was your father. And therefore, again, that's lacking in this case. And so one second, ask that, Papa. What about by Avram Avinu? It says, 
I'm going to be to you for God and to your offspring after you. Shabbat say, what does Zaracha Acharecha mean by Avram Avinu? What does it mean by Avram Avinu? To which the Gemara says, Hachikam, what it means to say, Lo tinasev ovedes kochavim v'shivcha, the lo lezel zaracha basra. So Rabbi say, ultimately, again, what does it mean? What does it mean? It means that by Avram Avinu, it means something a little bit different. It means don't marry a non-Jewish woman, because if you marry a non-Jewish woman, or a shifcha, the child is going to be hers and not yours. So I will say, okay, so the point over here is, by Kahuna, we just saw this brand new concept. What's this brand new concept? That Allah in order to be a Kohen, you really need what? Zaracha acharecha. And zaracha acharecha means what? What? You know who your father is. So here's the problem. Meisvei, Shabbos say, Meisvei, Rishon Roilios Kohen Gadol. So let's remember again, we had this, we had this particular, we had this particular Mishnah. If you look at Rashi, Rashi, Rishon Roilios Kohen Gadol, Hecha Shemiyabim Eishes Achiv Besoch Gimel Vialda. So I'll say this was the case of, 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 of premature Yibum, right? So Ruvain dies, leaves behind, right? Leaves behind the widow, no children. And now Shimon does Yibum, but Shimon did Yibum, Shimon did Yibum after two months. Then what happens? They have a child. They have a child. So seven months later, there's a baby. So I'll say, what's the Shiloh? What's the Shiloh? Is this Ruvain's kid or is this Shimon's kid? Now I'll say, let's say we're talking about a family of Kohanim. What did we say? This baby is fit to be a Kohen Gadol. But one second, what's the problem? What's the problem? We don't know who the father is. There's no Zaro Acharov. So the Gemara says, So it's very interesting. Zaro Miyuchas Acharov Dirabanon. The need, the need for defined paternity by a Kohen is only a Din Dirabanon. Ukras Machta Ba'ama. And Zaro Acharov will say, it's not a real, it's not a real drasha. It's not smachta. So we'll say, when will the Rabbanon go there? The chikas, the Rabbanon, biznos. The Rabbanon will only go there, we'll say, in a case of znos. In a case of immorality, that's when we kind of throw the book. Right? We'll say, like this case, ten kohanim, one separates, impregnates a woman, right? Has a baby. We don't know who the father is. In a case like that, we're going to say, that kid is a shtuki. That kid is not a kohen. Why? No zaracha, no, no zaracha. Binisuin, lo gazra abonon. But it was in a case of nisuin, in that case, the rabbonon were not gozer. And therefore, Allah Chalamai, so I will say, in any case of legitimate nisuin, even though there is some level of paternal ambiguity, if both of the fathers in question are kohanim, ultimately what? The kid is going to be a kohen as well. The Gemara says, one second, Ubiznus mi is it true that in the case of Znus, the Rabbanon were Gozer, and when there is paternal ambiguity, the child will not be a Kohen? What about our Mishnah? What about our Mishnah? If a woman did not wait after her first husband, this is our Mishnah, a woman did not wait after her first husband, the requisite three months, and she married and she had a baby. Now let's say again, we said in our Mishnah that if both husbands are, both men are Kohanim, halachalam, I say the offspring is a coin. My Achar Baila, What's the case of Achar Baila, Bosai? If you're talking about it's a case ultimately where a husband died, Ema Seifa, look at the case, look at the Seifa. Who owning Aleh, Mehain, Enam, Onin, Achar, Allah? Ultimately, again, he is an Onain. Right? He is an Onain for them, and hey, they are owning him for him. We'll stop over here. We'll pick up again with this discussion. With this discussion. And I will say, so now, what we just left off with, I will say, is the fascinating discussion again. Kohen, we, we, the Yimar wanted to suggest, needs Zaro Acharov, needs defined Yichos. So the Shaila ultimately is again, is that a case in defined Yichos? Maybe not by marriage, but only by Znus, or maybe even by Znus, you don't need it. To be continued tomorrow, Shkoyach.